0: Jesus thank you for reminding us who we are we are loved by you and no matter what it is we feel like we are or who it is we feel like we are we are loved by you that's our identity that's what defines us and names us and makes us in your likeness and in your image God we pray that you come and speak through the words of this parable in Jesus Uh, parable today and this teaching that he has just uh, spread across the ages uh, to show your great love and in fact to show who it is is welcome in his presence so we study that today studying your heart and your character come and speak in your name we pray amen and amen please be seated love this parable, and thank you, Linda, for uh, for a background story there, too. That's awesome. Love the parable. Love the story of the welcoming heart of God. And in fact, if you dig a little bit deeper into the story, which if you've got your phone or if you're old school like that and you've got your Bible and you want to pull Luke chapter 14, we're going to actually focus on the story again, starting in verse 15. And what you're going to find there is... Uh, sort of a wealthy person in, in a town there who is offering to invite people to a banquet. Now, this is in the story, but that part's not fictional. That part actually happened. It happened a lot. Somebody who was wealthy and who had a big spread at home and wanted to uh, be generous and share that with others would often extend an invitation to the entire town. Now, it's not, the ta- it's not a town the size of Chicago. It's not even a town the size of uh, Bolingbroke. It's more like a village, a smaller gathering of families where if he extended an invitation to everyone, in particular people by name, that invitation could be borne by a carrier, a messenger, could take that invitation out and let everybody know, heads up, uh, this guy is throwing a party and you're invited. And the invitation would come in two phases. So he would send out his messenger first early in the day to let everyone know that the party was happening that night. And then if anyone couldn't come, that was their opportunity to say, RSVP, I cannot make it tonight. And so when the messenger would come back and would give him sort of a head count of the people who were coming, it sounds a little gross and weird, but it actually determined the size of the animal that they would need to kill in order to provide the meat for the banquet. So we're talking about sheer economics and planning here, right? We're talking about logistics. And so when the man heard back from his messenger that all these people were coming, then he knew to prepare a great banquet. So they were going you know, to slaughter an animal that was big enough to feed all these people. But what happened was in the afternoon when all had been prepared, the animal had been prepared and the great spread of the banquet had been prepared. The messenger would go out a second time to let everybody know, guess what? Everything is ready. So come and enjoy the banquet. So all the preparations that had been made based on the early feedback had come to fruition. And now there was a great banquet prepared. So the messenger would go out and say, now it's time. Knock on the door, ring the bell, come and get it. The dinner is ready. But in this story in particular, which never happens in reality in Jesus' culture. People started to bow out. They started to bail on the guy throwing the party. And they used excuses like, I just bought five yoke of oxen and I need to go see them. That's like you and I going to see a used car that we're going to buy, buying it, and then going to inspect it. It's backwards. It never happens. There was another guy that bought a house and needed to go see his house. How many people go buy a house and then go tour the house? It doesn't happen. It's backwards. It's baloney. In fact, there was one guy who said, you know what? I can't come to your party because I just got married. So in other words, I need to go spend some time with my wife right? On the night of the big party that I had known about from the beginning of the day. So what you see is a pattern emerging of people giving excuses. Now, it would be really, really easy for us to start to identify very predictably with the people who were giving excuses. Because sometimes we give excuses to God as to why we don't want to be involved in godly stuff. We all do it. It's part of human nature. There's some more stuff going on though here. In the story, what was happening was there was a great banquet that was prepared for lots of people and people started to bail and pull out. So all of a sudden it looked like there was gonna be a great waste instead of a great banquet. So the guy in the story who was hosting the banquet instead decided to send his messenger back out into the streets And find people who would not normally have been socially welcomed to a party. The lame. The blind. People who are crippled. People who were in physical need. And he had them rounded up and brought them into the banquet. In fact, the scripture even says that the messenger went as far as to the country lane. Where people were walking by from one town to the next. And he started to pull people in who were merely passing by and may not have even had the opportunity to know about the party. So the landowner, uh, the, the rich gentleman throwing the party, rounded up people who were perhaps undesirable and who would not have had an invitation extended to them in the first place in order to fill the banquet hall. What he was doing was instead of getting angry and exacting revenge on those people who bailed he decided to turn instead and offer grace so what he did is he extended grace to people who were not invited in the beginning because some folks turned down the invitation at the last minute it opened up more space for others to come in and the reason is not to extrapolate the idea that heaven is only so big And that so many people can come in and then that's it. But it's to open up the idea that God is gracious and good. He doesn't seek revenge. He opens his table up to people who would be considered undesirable even in our culture. So what's happening here is the idea that Jesus is teaching this head of the Pharisees. Thank you, Linda, for sharing that. That was awesome. Jesus is teaching the head of the Pharisees and all of his peers who are watching how the kingdom of God works. The kingdom of God works like this. It is a great banquet that's been prepared and the sacrifice that was made is Jesus. Jesus is the one who was slaughtered and yet Jesus overcame and rose from the grave. See, the gospel comes in two forms. One, Jesus died for your sins and mine. But two, Jesus did what? Rose. And when he rose, he didn't just sit down at the city gate. He got busy. He served. He invited. He gave. He healed. He created love in relationships that were dead, suffering, or dying. Jesus did the miraculous. This is how the kingdom of God works. And so Jesus' objective at that party was to teach, this is how the kingdom of God really works. A Pharisee would have expected to get into heaven based on what he could do to keep the law. How well he performed to please God was the way he got into heaven. But Jesus teaches this, The kingdom of God works a little bit differently than you Pharisees think. The kingdom of God is not about what you do or how well you perform. And in fact, the way Jesus taught it was really, really special because he gave us, you and me, a number of characters in the story with whom we could identify. Now there are different periods in my life and I don't know about your life, where you might identify with different characters in any parable at any one time. I think God gives us the parables for that reason. Because when we go through life, we change. We may not know God at all. We might be separated from God and not understand how much he loves us and how much he sacrificed for us in Jesus. But that leaves us to ask the question, who are we in the kingdom of God And in fact, who are we in the story of the parable of the great banquet? Now, as we look at the story of the parable of the great banquet and we ask who we are, we might identify with the host of the great banquet. Maybe you have the gift of hospitality. Maybe you've prepared a meal for your neighbors as we suggested before. Thank you, V for that. Maybe half of them came and the other half didn't. How did that feel? Felt a little weird, maybe a little disappointing, right? What if you had prepared a great big huge meal and invited a bunch of people who said yes, but then at the last minute said, I can't go. I have to go examine the car I just bought without examining it first. How would you feel? You'd feel slighted, wouldn't you? Maybe that's happened to you before. Maybe you can identify with that part of the story. Or maybe you felt like the servant messenger of the host, the one who was going to extend invitations and who probably got really confused when he heard two different things coming back from the party guests. First, he would have heard, yay, that's awesome. And second, he would have heard, whoa, I need to go check out that house I just bought without touring it first or I need to go hang out with my wife who I haven't gotten to know yet, even though we've been married. Excuses become really weird, bizarre. And in fact, they're so weird and bizarre that they're insulting to the guest or they're insulting to the host of the banquet and perhaps his guests. Or maybe you have identified with the first ones who were invited and have made those excuses. I've done that before, I'll be the first to admit. God has called me into something, and I've said, God, I'm too tired. God, I'm too busy. God, I'm overworked. God, I can't afford that. God, I'm not feeling like that today. And somehow go and show up and be blessed anyway in spite of myself. Maybe you have felt like that and identified with that as well. Or maybe, just maybe, you've identified with those who were left in the story the ones who ultimately ended up at the banquet, the lame and the poor, the blind, the afflicted on the streets. I would suggest to you this, as we study those people, and as we look at the people passing by on the country lanes outside of the town who had no privy to the party or any of the planning or any of that stuff, I would suggest to you this, in the theology of our kingdom the kingdom of god you and i we are the lame the poor the blind we are the strangers passing by on the street and we've been given an invitation that we can't refuse the reason being is because we have nothing to bring to the table in the kingdom of god we have no food to bring We have no special party clothes to bring. We have no special presence in the community to bring. We have no special gift to bring. We come to the table of God's feast entirely depraved and destitute and out of luck. But Jesus died for us in that state. And so we are those people on the street. We are the ones who are welcome. We are the ones who are brought into the kingdom based on the grace of the party host, not on what we can bring and provide. So what I'd challenge you to identify with, who I'd challenge you to identify with in this story as you let it sink in is we are the ones that God has brought in off the streets who have no hope, no prayer to make it into the party on our own merits. We are the ones who are in need And the good news is that God has found us, he's drawn us in, he's reeled us in, and he's placed us at his table, a table that is filled with people who don't deserve to be there. Now, the Pharisees thought they deserved to be at the party at the head Pharisee's house. In fact, as Jesus was teaching this parable, the Bible says that they were placing themselves at the seats of honor. They were promoting themselves as close to the host's seat as they could get. They were grabbing the best seats first. And that's why Jesus told this parable. The parable is not those who think they deserve the kingdom of God. The parable is those of us who know we don't and are invited there anyway. That is the good news of Jesus. And the good news of Jesus can be shared with anybody Including a culture who doesn't know Jesus, doesn't recognize Jesus, doesn't see the need for a Jesus, doesn't historically have a context for a Jesus. Now, I'll have to admit it was a little weird and I think I identified with Pastor Mark who was here two weeks ago when he was watching himself on video. It was a little weird seeing that interview that they did with us for the Chinese New Year. But it was awesome to see that party up on screen and to realize what God had done there. Now at that party, nobody stood up and preached the gospel. Nobody grabbed a Bible and opened it to John chapter three and read verse 16. Nobody invited anybody to church. All we did was placed ourselves in the path of a culture that was already happening. All we did was place ourselves in the path of people who were already passing by sojourners on the streets passing by now those people didn't look lame or blind or destitute or in need they looked like people who were partying in fact as you look at the images on the screen you can see some of the shots of the dances and the crafts that were going on and the food that was shared that you saw on the video a little bit earlier you can see a DJ that we all know and love holding the beats down in the back corner You could see people gathered and little kids dancing in the middle of the room. You could see people interacting with Trinity's Early Childhood Center while its director, Mrs. Sun, holds her child in one arm and runs the information table with the other arm. Wow. And then you could see Elvis and his companion show up to bless (laughs) us with their presence. These are little kids in our fellowship and they were at a Chinese New Year party. Why? We're not Chinese. Why were we there? Because all are invited to the banquet. All, not just the predictable ones, not just the ones who deserve it, but all are invited. That's why we were there. Now those people scarfing down egg rolls had no idea that we were there because of Jesus, but did that matter? No, that didn't matter one little bit. Why? Because they had an egg roll in their hand and they were happy. And there were cool beats going on in the background and an awesome photo booth going on in the background. There was love being shown to them in such a way that they could identify. It brings answers to the question, who am I in the kingdom of God? I am the hands and feet of Jesus. When I come into the kingdom of God, I'm the lame person, I'm the blind, I'm the poor, I'm the downtrodden, I'm the one who needs the master's grace. And then as I come into the kingdom, my role changes and I become the messenger, the one who goes out into the streets and shares the good news of Jesus, not by thumping a Bible or by making threats, but by simply being there and showing God's love, listening while entertaining and then inviting maybe to a 20 second prayer. Maybe it's just that small, maybe it's just that simple. Can that be done? Yes, it can. You know, the best part of of this connection that we have with the Chinese community uh, which is unique to, to South Naperville and the way it's unfolding. Now, our church has Chinese conversation partners and has other groups that are meeting that are already connected to the community. But what's unique about us is we have an opportunity to host a large number of Chinese families who are gathering at Trinity Early Childhood Center once a month because the group's gotten so big they've run out of places to, to uh, meet. They were meeting at people's homes but now they meet at the early childhood center once a month. A lot of these people are the same people who attended the Chinese New Year party. And in fact, they have been open to, uh, which was a surprise to me, they've been open to partnering with the Christian church to provide meeting space and opportunities to have cultural parties like this. I would never have expected the opportunity to meet together with them and to plan a Chinese New Year party, which we're now going to be doing on an annual basis. And yes, we do need a bigger venue next year. Thanks be to God. That's pretty cool. This group that's meeting at the Early Childhood Center is going to complement some of the events that we do at Trinity Early Childhood Center on a maybe every other month basis where we reach out into the community and where all people are welcome. It might be a baby toddler expo. It might be uh, the kind of event that gathers people to meet a certain need. And then along with that, our Chinese families attend what's called a story time at the tech on a monthly basis. This is where they come and share Chinese culture. It's not a Christian group meeting, but we're simply meeting a need for space in a practical way. So the culture has found us as they were passing by. And for us, it's an opportunity to switch roles, to move from being those in need to those who are meeting needs, those who are reaching out in the name of Jesus to meet needs in a way that perhaps is unexpected. Now, what that might look like for us, since it's a unique opportunity, is it might be the opportunity to partner together with a Chinese family who doesn't have a connection here in Naperville. Here's what that means. One of the moms at the Early Childhood Center who happens to be Chinese, also happens to be a part of the Chinese New Year Planning Committee. She said to me this week that one need that hasn't been met in the Chinese community in our area is to partner up Chinese families with American families so that the Chinese families can learn the language and the culture of, uh, of the United States. That includes things like attending family dinners once a month at our home, where one Chinese family would come to our home and our family would be there, the two families would be together and they'd share a meal. And then the family might come and join us when we celebrate Christmas or Easter. These are opportunities that the Chinese community is asking for I would never have thought that, to get together with American families and do what American families do, simply at the invitation. So for us, we have a unique opportunity to continue to offer the Chinese New Year Party each year, offer the Trinity Early Childhood Center space, not only for outreach events that include our Chinese neighbors, but also directly provide space for them to meet and then potentially even invite them into our lives. In fact, as the first mom was sharing this idea with me this past week, another mom came along who has no connection with the Christian church whatsoever. So I ran the idea by her. How would you feel about us brokering or partnering our families at Trinity South Naperville with Chinese families who were looking for an American connection So that we could share meals together holidays together build relationships together and sort of act like we had exchange students together i asked the second mom about that and she got so excited she said i would do that right now so i said to her i said do you mean if we had a family at trinity south naperville who was willing to adopt your family a mom and a dad and two kids little kids that you would enjoy that she said, I would agree to that right now. This is somebody who's not in the Christian church. Couldn't care less whether or not we follow Jesus. But do you see the opportunity that's in front of us? The idea to be the hands and feet of Jesus with somebody. Now, we've been talking for a couple of weeks about inviting neighbors over on March 17 whether we celebrate St. Patrick's Day or not, whether we wear green that day or not, or whether the only green you have that day is your socks, right? Whatever you do on that day, consider it an opportunity to invite over one neighborhood family, or maybe this is an opportunity to try out a relationship with a Chinese family We have 60 of them meeting at the Early Childhood Center every month on the fourth Saturday morning. All of them looking for partnerships. Do you see the amazing opportunity in front of us? Now, why do we do this? Why do we spend our time doing stuff like this and looking for these opportunities? Why do we reach out to people who happen to be using our space? This is a Chinese story time that you're seeing about 60 families This is maybe 40 of them gathered in one of the classrooms at the Tech. Why would we do such a thing? Because we're answering the question, who are we? We are members of the kingdom. As our kids come back in, and as we celebrate and think about this idea, I want to challenge you with something. Of all the cards that you have in your hand from when you came in this morning, One of them is a Chinese connections card. If you're excited about the idea of learning more information about this connection, check that box on there. If you're excited about the idea of hosting a Chinese family over for dinner, even just once, check that box. Or if you're feeling the move of the Holy Spirit to adopt a Chinese family in the neighborhood here, right around us, check that box. Drop that card in the offering plate, even if you don't put anything else in there. Drop it in the plate as it goes by, and we'll have a conversation about that this week. The great banquet means simply this, and totally and utterly this, that God's grace and power, the gift of Jesus are for everybody, especially those he brings into our lives in unexpected, unexpected and surprising ways. If we all but just pay attention to them, then the great banquet becomes a part of who we are. We learn to invite, to open ourselves up, and to see the opportunity for new partnerships. So I'd ask that you consider this parable in this light of the opportunities we have. Pray with me. Dear God, thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Thank you for the opportunity to hear us as we pray. And thank you for the opportunity to share that grace with others who don't know you. God, I'm tempted sometimes to think that the great banquet is about me. And even though it includes me, it's about me sharing it with others. Those who are lame, blind, poor, destitute in spirit, trapped on the side of the road of life, waiting for the hand of God to come. So we ask, God, that you use us to be the hand that invites, the one who opens the great banquet, who opens the table for those who need to hear from you. We ask all this in your name and pray together, now continuing in our prayers. Amen.